Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's the big deal, deal? Where can you get pizza, bread twists, specialty chicken, and more for just $5.99 each? Is it at Domino's? He hands off hand-tossed pizza and a marble cookie brownie. He's going, going, going! There's a lot of variety on the radio and at Domino's, too, where you can... Two item minimum pan pizza, bone and wings, and bread bowls will be extra. Ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. This is Dr. Jamie McMillan Berry transmitting notes from the DSS Amphitrite for review by the board of the Casita Memorial Research Fund. down here for four weeks now, and the pecking order was easy enough to suss out, but I find myself still adjusting to the physical differences in living so far below the surface. Living underwater is strange. It changes the way our minds and bodies interact with the world around us. Talk about being so far from the light. Meanwhile, this light is constantly drooping downward. I think the threads and the screws that hold it in position are worn down, which is a little absurd given that it was just installed three months ago. Hopefully that'll hold for a while. Anyway, this far down, there are things you can't do, like certain types of exercise. There are things you can't get, regardless of how many requisition forms you fill out. There are foods that can't be safely transported or stored, apparently. For example, there's coffee. Really great whole bean coffee, actually. But no real cream or even milk. Just the powdered stuff. Or canned evaporated milk, which is almost as bad. Either way, it's not the same. It's not the real thing. In addition to the dietary oddities, there are also more experiential aspects to it. Your senses behave differently. Everything really does get distorted. Smell doesn't work quite the same way. Something about the pressure, the composition of the air. For example, food smells stick more. There are more air molecules, so for some reason it's harder somehow to filter the food smell particles out of the air. Uh One of the things they recommend to avoid the food smell issue is cooking things sous vide, and there's a stack of specialty cookbooks in the kitchen. Apparently hardly anybody makes the effort, though, because it takes forever and it's generally a pain. You have to heat up the water... Seal your food in a bag, attach a weight to the bag so it stays submerged, then stick your food in the water and wait for a long time. It's supposedly great for making the perfect steak, for example, but it takes an hour, minimum. Not that we have any steak down here anyway. On the plus side, it's also supposed to be hard to overcook anything using sous vide, which, given the habits of scientists, like forgetting to take breaks and eat meals, is probably for the best. Can you tell I'm dying for some real home-cooked food? Sorry, a woman can only live for so long on instant noodles and microwave meals. 
maybe I'll give the whole sous vide thing a try. It's funny, though, the title of one of them is Under Pressure. Like, it's supposed to be a play on the meaning of the term sous vide, but what sous vide actually means is under vacuum, not under pressure. Ah! What in the hell was that? Okay, it's it's gone now, I hope. I'm I'm just gonna Doc Barry? Was that you screaming? Did you see a mouse in your office or something? Jack, no, I there was there was something outside my porthole. Alright. You know, it can't get in, right? It was an eyeball the size of the entire porthole. It... It looked at me. Hmm. You sure about that? Usually something that big, we see it on sonar before it gets anywhere near the station. Not just the atmosphere getting to you, huh? Of course I'm sure. I didn't just... I didn't hallucinate it. I... I heard it bump into the station. All right, all right. You saw a big critter. You aren't concerned about this? Not unless it's going to take a bite out of the station. Sea creatures? That's more Ramirez's area expertise. Right. Mona. Right. I guess I'm going to go consult Mona, Dr. Ramirez. Surely she has some kind of professional opinion on exactly how big the creatures down here can get, though I'm not sure I actually want to know the answer. Dr. Ramirez? Jamie, I know I told you to call me Mona. Oh, is that Jamie? Come on in. What brings you to our humble laboratory? Uh, yeah, all right, Jamie. You, you look quite pale. No, I, I didn't, um, yes. Here, uh, sit down. Thanks. I'm okay, but I saw something just now outside my cabin window, uh, porthole. Oh. What did it look like? All I could see was its eyeball, which was the size of the entire window. Really? Goodness. Is that normal? Down here? Probably, but I've been on the Amphitrite for months and I haven't seen anything that big. Really? Really. I swear. One second, dark water. The next, giant sea monster eyeball. Ah! That's amazing! Oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I'd seen it. I wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> you weren't, I don't know, um, tapping on the glass or flashing a light or anything like that? Were you? No, absolutely not. I think. You think? Did something happen? My desk lamp was falling down again, so I had to adjust it. Maybe that, maybe while I was adjusting it, the light shone out through the porthole and that attracted it? Your desk lamp? We don't turn on the floodlights on the outside of the station much. Maybe it could be lured back. Lured back? Shouldn't it be driven away? Isn't it kind of risky to try and lure something that big into spending time around the station? What if it's big enough to do serious damage? And how big is it if the eyeball alone is the size of my porthole window? Take a breath, Doctor. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. You didn't want to hyperventilate. Passing out is even less fun than normal in a high-pressure environment. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, 
not panicking, not panicking about the extremely large sea creature that apparently responds to my lamp like a cat to a laser pointer. To answer your questions, though, if the eyeball was the size of your porthole, and we know the station portholes are, mm, call it 12 inches, yes, here we go. In general, the very large deep-sea cephalopods are likely Tuthera or Vampiromorphida, not Serena or Inserena. What? The, the long, squiddly types, not the round, fat octopus ones. I want to make some kind of a joke about that, but it actually does quite clarify the difference. Speak for yourself. That still doesn't narrow it down a great deal, but judging from the size of previously observed giant squid specimens, I think we could be looking at a creature anywhere from uh, 15 to 25 meters in length. Um, it's 45 to 75 feet. 75 feet long? Are you worried about something that size damaging the station? Eh, not really. The station is a big heavy metal structure attached pretty securely to the trench wall. The kind of force even a 75-foot squid can exert isn't that much compared to what the station is expected to withstand. Just from the pressure of the water down here, I think. But you know, octopi are pretty amazing. I could show you some great YouTube videos about how they can open up cans and jars and squeeze through incredibly small spaces. No, thank you. But you're not just saying the station will be fine to reassure me, are you? Uh, of course not. Mona dear, you're not very convincing. Sorry, but I'm sure it's fine. The station is built to withstand a lot of pressure. So, why are you so familiar with giant squid and octopus varieties anyway, given that your specialty is exactly the opposite? I had a colleague draw me a cheat sheet. Oh, those are some very clever little drawings. I guess there's something to all those stories about the monsters in the deep. 20,000 leagues under the sea, Moby Dick, here there be dragons, Jaws, Lovecraft. Yes. So many of the things that live in the sea are still completely alien to us. On land, we put names to the most massive of creatures hundreds of years ago. Moose, elephant, rhinoceros, hippopotamus, because we can see them. They're right there. Humanity has been coexisting with them throughout history. My ancestors delved into the so-called darkest heart of Africa and slapped new labels on everything years ago. Couldn't do any better, though, than Moby Dick when it comes to sea creatures. Well, Moby Dick and the occasional extremely unscientific kraken. Eh, quite so. Exactly. In the depths of the ocean, we've still barely even seen some of the largest creatures, or the ones that live in the deepest parts. We don't even know what we don't know about what lives down here, because people don't live down here. We weren't around to make myths about this stuff, except for what we could see from the surface and what washed up on beaches. There's Moby Dick, sure, but beyond that... It's all just sea monsters. We know so little about what's really down here. It's not... Did you know there's not a single aquarium in the world with a giant squid on display? There's no conservation effort for giant squid. You can't buy paintings created by endangered giant squid being exploited and kept in captivity. Well, there's always SeaWorld. Ugh. Look, Mona, is there anything you can tell me that's going to make me feel less terrified of the... 45 to 75 foot giant squid swimming around near the station? Probably not. Great. Wonderful. Okay. This has been a good talk. Sorry. No, that's... 
came to your lab to learn, and I've learned many things. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll chat with you later, Jamie. I'll come by and rest these bones on your couch, and we can debate the merits of the current front runners of the category of how are we most likely to die aboard the Amphitrite today? Okay, that was... Well, I've had smarter ideas in my life. Probably should have known better. I guess I should go back to my cabin and do some more work. More thinking about the impermeable darkness all around us and what that does to our minds and the way we think about our world. Yippee! Now... What I'm actually going to do. Jack? Mr. Vernon? Yeah, Doc? Yes, it's me again, Dr. McMillanberry. Something else happened? Your cabin's no leaking, right? No, my cabin is fine. Ah, good. Okay, well, I'm going to choose not to think about that. Um, the thing I saw, Mona said it was probably a giant squid. Maybe 75 feet long. Is there any danger to the station? Should should we be worried? Giant squid? Nah. This place is built to last. Commissioning spec stated must be able to withstand half again the expected pressure at this depth. We're talking about 900 atmospheres. I don't care how big this giant squid, or whatever is, it's not exerting another 300 atmospheres worth of pressure on the station. That's... let's see. 45... Divided by three, carry the one. Whatever, it's a lot of pressure in any case. Okay, and there's there's no mega squid monster out there that we know of that's big enough or strong enough to exert that kind of force? No. <laughs> no way, not happening. Like I said, Ramirez is the closest thing we got to an expert on critters, but the amp's a steady ship. No matter what you saw, there's no squid out there that's going to cause any trouble. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, sure thing, Doc. Okay, okay. Everything is fine. I'm going to go back to my cabin, and I'm going to close the curtain over my porthole window, and I'm not going to think about... 75-foot-long sea monsters outside that everyone seems convinced won't be able to crack the station open like an egg. 45 to 75 feet. Let the record show that if the station is destroyed by an angry deep-sea monster, I saw it first and never looked out my cabin window again. What Mona was talking about, about so much of the ocean still being unseen, the lack of human residence in the depths of the ocean, maybe there's something I can dig into about that. She's right that there's not much out there that gets more specific than big fancy whale or big fancy squid. Beyond that, when it comes to sea creatures and literature, you more or less skip straight to Lovecraftian type horrors that are intentionally exaggerated and disconnected from reality. If all this time we could have seen all the way down to the bottom of the ocean from the surface, I wonder what kind of stories we'd tell. Jamie? Can I come in? Mona! Of course! I was just... 
you're not here to tell me more things about giant squid that I don't want to hear, right? No, I won't. I promise. I didn't mean to scare you. Deep-sea creatures aren't my specialty as a biologist, but they still fascinate me. But I know they're not everybody's cup of tea. Here, apology for creeping you out. Oh, that's... thank you. I promise I won't hold your giant squid over enthusiasm against you. I'm glad. And thank you. Now that you've seen the giant squid, I'm keeping a closer eye on the sonar and external cameras. Later, I'm going to send out one of the rovers to look for any signs of it. We'll know it's coming next time. I hope. You hope? Mona, you said you weren't here to scare me about the giant squid again. I'm sorry, I was trying to be reassuring. You couldn't have just left it out. We'll know it's coming next time? I also wanted to be honest. (laughs) Okay. Well, I should get back to work. Right. Thanks again, Mona. Sure. See you around, Jamie. That was sweet of her. A giant squid. Great. Giant squid, giant octopus, and all the other horrifying things I've seen in Mona's lab. Things with way too many teeth. Philosophically speaking, we don't even know what all might be down here. We don't have a whole lot in the way of ancient myths and legends to inform the conscious and unconscious beliefs we've brought down with us. To our lizard brains, the deep sea is full of mysteries, pressing right up against the hull of the station, constantly all around us at all times. Not a cheery or reassuring thought, to be honest. Well, if I am eaten by a giant squid, and these recordings are all that's left of me, this was Jamie McMillanberry, signing off. Under Pressure is a production of the Procyon Podcast Network. This episode was written by Phoebe Siders and directed by Margaret Clark and Phoebe Siders. The role of Jamie McMillan Berry was played by Madison Schaefer. The role of Jack Vernon was played by Zach Valenti. The role of Dr. Mona Ramirez was played by Thea Rogers. And the role of Dr. Hamish Turin was played by Greg Martin. The show was edited by Aaron S. And our music is composed by Dominic Wright. To find out more, please visit underpressurepodcast.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at U underscore P underscore podcast. Or on Tumblr at underpressurepodcast.tumblr.com. If you'd like to support us, the show is on Patreon at patreon.com slash underpressure. Please remember to rate and review. Thank you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.